Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 14 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, the weather finally broke yesterday. It had been yes, like very crazy exciting. hot and the weather, we had a big thunderstorm and... This was actually very cool. My uh, my kids have traditionally been like very afraid of thunderstorms, uh, but yesterday mm-hmm. they were sort of like they were awake and not like it was an early early evening thunderstorm, and so they were awake. And so we sort of went outside and like held them. We talked about it, and then they like ran out and played in the rain and like screeched about how a delighted they were to be playing in the rain and b like squealing with delight about how proud of themselves they were about how brave they were being about the thunder and lightning storm. It was great. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a That's pretty nice. it was a pretty choice kid moment. Yeah, really. Man, I used to love playing playing out in the rain during a big storm. Yeah, it's the best. It's yeah. great. Uh anyway, you know what else is great, Dave? Episode 14, surprise, the neighbors are Nezeregians. I don't know how to say that word, I, which is yeah, why... Yeah, I don't. That, it, it's not that that word never comes up in the show. It's that in the show, they sort of use it interchangeably with just saying Nezere, which we're probably also mispronouncing. Yeah, and we probably so are. I, I just always take that opportunity to sort of lightly edit the show to say that they're saying Nezere instead of... Nezeregians. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, so that's the episode of this title, or the title of this episode, rather. And uh, I'm not going to say it again. Sounds good. Before, anyway, before we get into that, Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Dave, of course, it's our officially award-winning opening segment. And could you please tell me what our first star of the week is? Man, our first star of the week is Isolation Update. As it has always been. Isolation Updates. So far as I know, there was never a time before Isolation (laughs) Updates. You know, thankfully, Matt, in times like these, we do have historical artifacts, like like that spreadsheet that Mark put together. To oh, yeah. remind I'm, us of the fact that things weren't always as they are, weren't always as they are now. And I think... Sure. I used to have a commute update. Wow. You used to have wow. a bus update, Dave. I, dude, I don't know why that hit real hard, but it did. I mean, I haven't even had a commute in a while. Uh, someday, someday, <laughs> Dave, my commute update, commute update will be back. And the commute update is just going to be... I drove to work today for the first time in X number of months. Oh, jeez. So, uh, how's your how's your isolation going, Matt? Uh, I don't know, man. I spent the other day. I spent like straight up an hour making a Bloody Mary. Um, okay, and actually, probably more time than that because okay, let me let me break this down for you. Out of curiosity, real quickly. Are you a dude who traditionally likes Bloody Marys, or was this like, maybe I don't like Bloody Marys because I've never had one crafted with, like, enough, like, enough care? Um, I am a guy who, 
periodically likes Bloody Marys. It's not a go-to drink for me. Okay. Because um, like, I'm not a Bloody I, Mary person. I think I just don't I, like tomato juice. I, I have had a few in my day that made me think like, wait a second. I do like these. I'm just picky about how I like mm, them. Okay. I get it. I get it. So here's what I did. The week before... I went, uh, I put in an order to my local liquor store because they do um, uh, home delivery. Cool. Which is very convenient, especially these days. Uh, And I got a fifth of uh, vodka. The next time I went to the store, I got some fresh dill and some garlic. I put those. Oh, this is a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I let them sit for a week, right? Now, what I also did, and this I now think was a mistake, is I put in a few peppercorns. And uh, some mustard seed. I thought that would give it a more a flavor profile more similar to like what you get in like a dill pickle brine. Mm. And what I, what I think it actually did is it sort of like overcomplicated the flavor. Okay, but, yeah, I can see where that would be. But I I was talking to a friend of mine, and they were like, "Well, what that sounds great for is Bloody Marys. Like that is sort of like custom made for a delicious Bloody Mary." See, that's perfect. That's not advice I would have been able to give you. Right, and I agreed. So. Uh, I let it sit for like a week, and then I was like, man, today's the day. I'm going to do it. And then I remembered, like, oh, I don't have tomato juice. But what I do have is a can of whole tomatoes. <laughs> like, well, I have a can well, of Well, in an essence, you definitely do have tomato juice. Right. So I pulled out the food processor. I dumped the... This is something I had actually done similarly, like, a week before when I made gazpacho. I'm like, well, I've, I've actually just done this, so I know what to do. I put the can I put the can of tomatoes in the food processor, like just you know blended it for a while, mm-hmm. and then poured it all through like forced it all through a metal strainer into like a bowl, and then sort of put that into glasses. Yes. Okay. So got it. Th- this on like so I've already like spent a week um, cure or not curing um, infusing the vodka. Then I spent it must have been at least like dealing with the food processor and this is what took most of the time. Okay. Um, but it was like, the you know, it's like super delicious fresh tomato juice, right? Um, did all that, put in like hot sauce, Worcestershire, some smoked paprika, salt, pepper. I didn't have celery salt, which was a disappointment. Um, uh, some, oh, I squeezed some lemon and lime juice into it because I had some fresh lemons and limes around. It was like, this oh, sounds like a very radish. in-depth Bloody Mary. You know, Dave, I think that all like any good Bloody Mary either is in like the reason that it doesn't take forever when you order one is that people just make a jug of what I'm talking about and they have it set aside for when people order Bloody Marys. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. The if they're doing radish, it properly. I think, yeah, I think the horseradish is really what put it over the top. Man, one time I had a Bloody Mary at an airport outside of Indianapolis. Seems like a and, weird spot to get a great Bloody Mary. Uh, well, um, maybe, but I can I can tell you that it was true. And what they did is they used this like really spice, like horseradish spicy uh, cocktail sauce that they normally used for like their shrimp cocktail, uh-huh. um, like sides. I had ordered some of that. Uh, I was traveling for work, and when I travel for work, I like get to splurge a little on food because I am I like I get a per diem for food when I travel, which is why that I would be neat. Got, which is why I got like fancy food at the airport outside of Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I so got, I got that shrimp cocktail, and I was like, "Oh, I need you to make me a Bloody Mary with whatever this sauce is, please, please, please. I need one." And I got it, 
And I tell you, it was great. I haven't hit those heights with the ones at home, but very good stuff. Very good stuff. How was your isolation, Love it. Ben? It's fine. It's, I mean, man, it really is just kind of, things are starting to change a little bit. Um, I am starting to gear up for school again, kind of whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, you came over on Saturday, which was great. Yes, it was very nice. We were able to hang out for the day. Uh, it was best dogs. birthday. It was great. It was very nice. I had a wonderful time. Uh, oh, we went to the we went to the art museum again, and I will tell you, Matt, that the the twins did ask if next time we went to the art museum, if Uncle Matt was going to come. Ooh, so I do love the art I, museum. Yeah, you kind of need to come. I well, think. I mean. Well, I mean, obviously, I am I, I I am not on summer vacation, so timing will be an issue. But uh, yeah, we'll figure uh, it we'll out. Figure something out. Anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week? Second star of the week, Matt, as uh, has become a little bit of a tradition, I guess. Matt, it's time for the latest installment of Bun Vulcan. Welcome to. Bun Vulcan. Dave, I am so glad that you and I are both baking, because in a time when we do not have anything else to talk about, it is a it is a solid, reliable thing that we just leave on the five star list. Yeah, it is. It is nice to have something that we can loop back on. I mean, this is so. Here's the other thing I've been doing. I think I mentioned this. I've been working out. A, like dramatically more frequently than I have at any point in the last probably decade, I would say. Okay, and uh, that's pretty great. It feels really good, and I feel like I'm I'm feeling some results. I'm feeling results, uh, which is the important part. But I am seeing visibly some results, so that's also very cool. Uh, that's not Bun Vulcan. That's just the other thing I've been doing with my isolation that is a little bit out of the ordinary for me. Although so, I, I will say, with especially with the style of Bun Vulcan updates that you've been bringing to the table, it is perhaps very good that you are doing a lot of exercise. Well, you know, I here's what I've been doing. I have cut down to once a week. So, like, on Saturday, I'll, I'll have made something. Oh, okay. So I kind of pick a thing that I'm going to make for that week. And then I, you know, like the kids help me make it and uh, mostly they just get in the way. And then on Saturday we have whatever it is going to be. So this past Saturday I made for Beth's birthday, I made two things. I made uh, those Alsatian style uh, cinnamon rolls Mm -hmm. that I had told you about before. So you got to try those. They were done with like brioche and the cinnamon almond cream. Delicious. Yeah. They turned out really well. Much better the first, the second time. I... So the first time I made them, they're made with brioche, which is like a super buttery, very, very soft dough. And so once it gets warm, it's really hard to work it. And so this time I took some more time and like refrigerated it more in between steps. And the, the mm. end result, I think, was a lot neater and, and turned out really well. I also made something new, which in the book is called um, Beasting Brioche. It's got a French name and then it's got a... It's got an Alsatian name, by which I mean a German name. Right, sure. And it, <laughs> but basically what it is, is you just, you make a brioche, but instead of making it on a loaf pan, you just make like a big, round, bri- like it's a brioche in the shape of a cake, okay. effectively. And then you just, uh, and then before you bake it, you put on this mix of butter and sugar and honey and almonds, and you spread that over the top of the cake, 
and then it rises and then it bakes and then you cut it in half and you fill the middle you, you with, cut it in uh, half like like a like sandwich a, like a sandwich cake yeah so you cut it in half and then you fill the middle with uh creme diplomat and creme diplomat is pastry cream into which you have mixed whipped cream so this was very weird because the book did say like, oh, mix up your creme diplomat the day before. And I was like, that seems weird because it feels like it'll deflate and get liquidy. But like the book says to do it the night before. So I'll do it the night before. And like clearly he is doing something with his creme diplomat that like I don't know about or did wrong because mm-hmm. my creme diplomat had totally deflated. Right. It, it did just not turned have into like, like a delicious custard. Yeah, it, it was great. And we just sort of like poured it on, uh, but it did not have quite the quite the textural element that I think I would have been looking for. But anyways, uh, it was delicious. It really what, was. What, Matt? Yeah, oh, yeah, you had some. Thank you so much. Uh, what is your Bun Vulcan update, Matt? Uh, Dave, I have been trying a new kind of bread. Up, up to this Exciting. Point, up to this point, I've really just been doing the... Um, I've been using different sorts of flour, and so making different, you know, flavors, I guess, of loaf. But it's basically all just been the sort of, you know... Oh, yeah, that the, like the one, like, throw it all in and it sits, and then yeah, you... Yeah, you, you throw it in, you let it rise overnight, you do it up in a Dutch oven. It's like a big, crusty loaf, you know? Yeah, it looks great. It's it, it does look great, and it's it's been very nice. But um, I I wanted to try something else, and also I wanted to do something where I could, like start and finish the project in one af- in one day. Okay, because, yeah, I know that is definitely... Yeah, because with the, the no-knead dough, like, basically, you put that... You mix that stuff up in a bowl, and then you let it sit for 18 hours. And then you take it out and you let it sit for two more hours, and then you bake it. Like, it's... You know, you can't have bread today if that is the bread that you want to make. You have to already have started yesterday. And I was out of bread, and so I was like, okay... I recently saw a video about making baguettes. I am going to try to do this. Which was a very interesting experience because a baguette is, you know, definitely something that requires a lot more hands-on effort. Yes. Yeah. Um, Although my, yeah, my understanding about baguettes, I've never tried baguettes, is that, like, you look at a baguette and you're like, well, there's only four ingredients and, like, in theory should be very simple. Like it's it doesn't look like a complicated bread, mm-hmm. but it is in fact very difficult to get right. Um, it is okay. It is very difficult to like master. It it turns out that it is not terribly difficult to make something that approximates a baguette. I guess. Okay, I dig it. Um, like basically, what what you have to do is it's all it's basically the same ingredients but in different proportions than the other bread I was making. Like you know, salt, yeast, flour, water. Um, I think that's pretty much all of baking. It's right. like it's the same five ingredients in like slightly different proportions. But, you know, like there's no butter, there's no sugar, right? Like it's just those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, be brioche. But it's just a lot of like you put, and also it's a lot more yeast. And so, oh, okay, like the 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 bread that I normally do is like a quarter teaspoon, I think, of yeast. And okay. the baguettes, which use a, about the same amount of flour, maybe a little bit more, um, use, I actually don't know what it is in uh, teaspoons, but it's five grams of yeast, which is quite a bit more. That is, yeah, that's quite a bit more. That's about double. Um, so it's just a lot of like... Off the, like in, off the top of my head. Yeah, like instead of letting it sit for 18 hours, you let it sit for 
20 minutes and then you like pick it up and fold it over each other a few times and then you have to do that a few times and then you have to like form the lobes which is its own whole thing which makes me like have to i've now done this twice the the first time i did it it was they were fine they were kind of a mess the second time they looked a lot better um but like i realized that to do it till like, i actually have the room to roll out the baguette and like have them rest on the countertop I have to, like, take everything off of my counter. <laughs> so, like, to do it, I have to, like, completely reconfigure my kitchen for, like, three or four hours. And then I can, like, super wash down my uh, countertop um, and sort of cobble it all back together. But uh, the wild thing is that you have to, like, spray the loaves, the, the baguettes with water with from, like, a sprayer before you put them in the oven. And then, like, five minutes into baking them, you, like, open up the oven and, like, sort of half pull them out and spray them down again. Oh, this is, a, like, in um, commercial bakery ovens have, like, a humidity control. Yeah, my oven does Where not. they're, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no. My, my oven insane. has, like, a, you know, like, a uh, a baking tray of water that I put in the bottom to kind of, like, introduce moisture, but... It's yeah. So anyway, it yeah, was no, a lot no, that's, more that's hands on. Um, but I have done it twice now, and it, it has. I, I feel like I'm starting to get the hang of it. I'm very excited because I. Dude, sounds great. I'm excited to try it at some point. Yeah. Um, maybe next time I come over, I will like wake up early that morning and make some. Um, Dude, I'm, that would. But I'm, that would be pretty rad. It would be you pretty rad. But I'm that. not going to promise because I would have to wake up pretty early. I think. Uh, anyway, Dave, we've been talking about bread for a while. What's the third star? Of the week. So our third star of the week, Matt, is this show I'm watching. I'm watching this show alone. I mentioned it before. It's this like competitive survival show. They drop 10 people off in a harsh location and just like last person to call in the rescue crew wins half yes. a million dollars, right? Well, so we just started the sixth season of this show and it's really interesting because now the show has been on for long enough. I think they do two seasons of this show a year. So season six is like a third year three or like the end of year three. Okay. Is my guess. And um, I don't totally know because we're watching it on Hulu. Now, what is happening is that the show has entered what I always think of as the UFC arc, which is the, it's the arc that any competitive show follows if it go, if it's on for long enough, which is at the beginning of the show, you just get people who, like, dig this thing, right? Right. So at the beginning of UFC, it was just like, this dude does jujitsu, and this dude is a boxer, and this is Tank Abbott, and he's just a psychopath who punches people extremely hard. And we're just going to throw these dudes in a ring and see who knocks the other guy out. Right. Right. Uh, and then as time goes by, people start training like from the beginning of their fight careers for UFC. Right. Like UFC right. becomes sort of like a solved UFC. game. Like they Yeah, like, in a in a weird sort of way. There are pro strats for UF for being a UFC fighter. Yeah, I mean there are, right? Like the the current champs, like, you know, the the dudes who are like at the top of their game, they're in there like at the, their oldest, I want to say they're sort of like l- early 30s. Well, 
they have been they have grown up and if they're in their 20s like they have grown up in the era of ufc and always know what it was and always know what the rules were so sort of like from the beginning of their fight careers they're like oh i am going to go and try and be a u like specifically a ufc fighter right with like these rules and these regulations, and this is kind of how it works, yeah. and blah 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 blah. I mean, blah. and the same thing happened and, with like uh, American Ninja Warrior. It went from like yeah, precisely like I am an athletic person, and I think I could take that course on. And then you know, however many years later, you have people who have like you know built things in their backyard to practice all year, or like there are gyms that are just yeah. I was built dude, I mean, like, say even more, dude. There are like the Ninja Warrior training gyms. Yeah, and like teams from the gyms will come to challenge the course. So are yeah, you saying so, that alone uh, has done has followed that same path? It is you are starting to see that. Like when you're watching the people on on the show, you're starting to see stuff like, oh, like one guy said, he's like, I did not bring a bow. Like I did not bring a bow and arrow because I'm a student of this show. And it's statistics. Oh, because the participants can bring like 10 items like from a list, right? So you can bring a tarp. You can bring a bow and arrow. You can bring like whatever. And he says, I have been watching this show and bows and arrows don't pay off. Everybody brings a bow and arrow and thinks they're going to get like a deer and no one ever does it. So I didn't bring a bow and arrow. Okay. Like that sort of thing. You're seeing people start to say like, Oh, when I found out that I was getting on this show, I started to overeat. Like I gained 50 pounds or whatever specifically for this show. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great idea. Um, But if someone, I might try and gain and lose 50 pounds for a shot at half a million dollars. Um, You know, so people are saying like, yeah, I've watched the show. And the people, generally speaking, who are at the end are people who roll on (laughs) <laughs> who can win a starvation game because they rolled in carrying like 70 pounds of emergency rations right, right. inside their skin. Um, so it's just this really interesting that like the show itself has to adapt to people knowing and watching and studying itself. It's like this weird adaptive game that happens. Anyways, I just think it's like a, it's an interesting thing about about like com- competition television, like even in the Great British Bake Off, you're like which is like the chillest competition yeah. as an American, the chillest competition show ever. The technical bakes start to get like really bizarre, like stuff that nobody's ever heard of. I mean, except the people who have been eating it for like a thousand years or right, whatever, right. and they're people too, and they matter. Just like outside of their community, they would sort of it. Um, I felt like a jerk saying that. Sorry everyone anyways they're like no longer they're like make a cinnamon roll they're like make this thing that you've never seen because you're from like east anglia you know um weirdly so anyway i feel like the competition shows that avoid that are the things where you kind of already have to be a professional in that field before you go into it right so like yeah uh, like, I haven't watched Project Runway in probably 10 years, but I used to really like watching Project Runway. And like, It's a very interesting show, and like, actually. Those people were just like, yeah, we are fashion designers. Like, like, there's no, like, there's not a lot of strategy that you can learn from watching seasons of that show, or at least not one that was obvious to me. 
you know. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Like, but they're all professionals already <laughs> right, to like right. some one degree or another. Um, so, anyways, Matt, that's my that's my television watching third star. What is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week. Gosh, we have been going a long time on these stars. I need to walk, go through this quickly, guys. I saw the movie Money Plan. Uh, the mo- I did not see the Money Plan. <laughs> the movie Money Plan. It um it stars the Edge, the professional wrestler Adam Copeland. The Edge. Uh, it has okay. It has Kelsey Grammer is like an evil crime lord. Uh, who sends them Does all on a mission. Does not seem like the dude I would pick to play an evil crime lord. Kelsey Grammer is actually pretty good in it, but you can tell... Well, Kelsey Grammer is a very good actor, right. but that seems out of his wheelhouse. Here, here's what I think happened. They said, hey, Kelsey Grammer, this is the amount of budget that we have for this movie. We will give half of it to you. You don't have to leave your house. We will send a camera crew to sit next to you as you sit by your pool you will never have to change outfits. We will do one take of every shot. We just need something to give this an air of legitimacy. Because throughout the thing, you can tell, like, most of the time, he is in a scene by himself or with one or two of the same people. Like, at the okay. end of the movie, some people show up to, like, shoot him with guns. And you see the car roll up and the people get out with their guns. And you see him stand up from his table and have a gun. But you never see them interact because that guy's shooting day was over. <laughs> it also has Thomas Jane in a weird part. The, the, the really weird huh. part of this movie is that it was very clearly shot in two people's houses and like a hallway. And like one of them was Kelsey Grammer's? Right. And probably the other. Like I would not be surprised if the other place that they shot was the Edge's house or somebody's house who was involved in the shoot. Maybe it was Thomas Jane's house. Uh, but the rest of it, like, it's in an airplane, and I'm almost certain that the reason it's in an airplane is like, well, airplanes aren't that big, and it's basically a hallway that's, like, segmented. Even a big plane so, is like, like that. So, so we can do this pretty... Right. We just need to have, like, two or three rooms that look like they might be connected, and then we've got a movie. It's truly bad, but it is... Like, it is a good, bad movie. It is a movie that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, me and uh, producer Mark and a few other people all, like, got on a, like, a shared, um, like, video call. And I think he played it, and, like, we all watched it together. Um, yeah. If you can do okay. something like that, that is a great movie for that sort of thing. Highly recommended. Love it, love it, love it. So what, Matt, quickly is our fifth and final star of the week. Fifth star of the week. Okay, this is going to start as a black hole, but there is a joke at the end. <laughs> um, you know, I don't drive to work anymore, but I do own a car. Yep. And I, we did mention that, yes. And I don't have a driveway or a garage, which means that my car has basically just been like sitting on the street um, for the last four and a half months. And I move it every couple of days to make sure that like the engine turn, like, you know, turn over the engine every couple of days, make sure it's not sitting on the same spot on the tires um, right. for like general car health. What this also means is that my car like is has been messed with a few times in this uh, time period. Specifically, the catalytic converter has been messed with twice. Once, uh, the first time it was like straight out cut out of the car and stolen. The second time they got like halfway through cutting it out and then I guess something spooked them and they left. So I have, I have now had to have my catalytic converter either replaced or repaired um, twice. In, now here's the funny part. 
in that time period, um, I have not gone to a gas station. So I have had my catalytic converter repaired twice in since the last time I have bought gas. Which is just wow. like, when you think about it that way, and this is like, you know, you kind of have to think about it that way, otherwise it will drive me insane. But uh, if you think about it that way, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> and really, I mean, think about all the money I would have been spending on gas anyway, right? I, I'm probably breaking even, if I'm being honest. Okay, yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I'm probably spending it would have been preferable to not spend that money at all. Oh, sure, but you know, I probably broke even money wise, and I got a new catalytic converter. So you know, well, all, there you all's go, Matt. well that ends well. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of things that get a little hairy in the middle, but end up being very nice, we're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 14 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Again, it is called Surprise, The Neighbors Are Nezare. It's not actually that. It's a different word that I don't know how to say. Uh, It was written by Junki Takagami. Its original air date was May 18th, 1997. You can watch along um, either with the DVDs or at Shout Factory's website. Recommend you do. This is a good one. And we will be right back to talk about it. I love that we are on video, so when you started that countdown, you could see that I was in the middle of taking a sip of water. (laughs) All right. Welcome back. Guys, Mega Ranger episode 14. It's very good. Yeah, I, I, man, now I'm starting to feel like a dope that I keep saying I feel like a dope saying it. Like I've double looped uh-huh, now, uh-huh. right, on saying it. But um, yeah, Mega Ranger is, is very, very good. Uh, I think it's a pretty... Uh, we're only 14 episodes in. I feel like it's a pretty strong contender for... For a definitely second best series, I will have to see how it shapes up. Yeah, I mean, unless it, if it wants unless a shot it goes at the title, real but. bad, it's definitely already locked into my top three. Like it locked into yeah, my top sure, three pretty sure, early. Sure. Um, it would have to beat Die Ranger because I think that Jetman is better than Die Ranger, and it's difficult yeah, for, for anything to yes. beat Die Ranger for me just because it's so like formative in my love of this series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and also, just Die Ranger objectively is a very, it's one of the better seasons. Like, it's a really, yeah. really good season. It has a lot, it has a lot going for it. Like, a lot, a lot going for it. Um, but so does Mega Ranger. So we'll see yeah. how things go. So this episode opens up at school, as a lot of them do. Uh, it's uh, Kuchiru, uh, Shun, and Shisato. They're in the library and they're studying for, it turns out, college entrance exams. Yes. And this and is studying and like, they're chatting. School is over. They are there after school continuing to study. Yeah. Um, as you would expect of these three. And they're sort of chatting like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, Shun's like going to study animation. And we find out that Kuichiru is interested in being a lawyer. Yeah. Like that's his, that's his goal. And uh, Chisato mentioned she wants to go to journalism, which we sort of already knew. Yeah. Um, that's because she's a photographer. That's kind of her thing. But there, there is this, all... there's this dig that Kuichiru throws in. He's like, so Shun, you're going to study um, like computer graphics at an art college, right? And he's like, yeah, that's the plan. Um and Kuchar is like, well, then you don't have to study that hard, right? To get into art college. Yeah. <laughs> like, art colleges are really easy to get into now, aren't they? Uh, so, 
Now, surprisingly, Miku is not there. Kenta, obviously, is not there. But no one expected yeah, that's, Kenta to be there. that's not surprising. They even mentioned that they don't expect Kenta to be there. And in fact, they, <laughs> they say like, man, I feel like Miku should be here. We're not surprised that Kenta isn't. Do you think that Kenta is a bad influence on her? Like, yeah. <laughs> she seems like she's been a They're lot like, oh, more no. irresponsible since we've been hanging out with this idiot. Like, he's our friend. Like, oh, but no. Come on. What if? What if Miku has been being influenced by Kenta? The other dig that they get in is they're like, Miku wants to go to college. Like, do we know, do we know what college Miku wants to go to? And they're like, no, we know about Kenta. He's not going to college. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Um, where are they, of course? Where are Kenta and Miku? They're at the arcade. Yes. And they see some kids who are about to play Mega Ranger. So they, Kenta and Miku, are stoked. Right. Because they're like, it's the thing. That's us. And the kids are arguing about who's the best Ranger. Right. They're, they're going they, through the character select screen. They're trying to figure out which one they're going to play as. Right. And, so they, they're like, not blue, right. not uh, blue, you know, Blue not is yellow. like too hard to control. Black has like good power, but no like speed yellow's pretty fast but has no power so now we're down to mega pink and mega red and three there's like four kids there and three of the four all in unison are like it can only be one thing mega red to which kenta is thrilled yeah uh now miku's a little bit bummed then kenta he calls dr kubota and he's like my man old man which is what he always calls him he's like old man we're at the arcade don't ask. There's some kids here. They love Mega Ranger. Can't I henshin for them? They'll be super stoked. We need to be like a new generation of superheroes that's like here for the fans. And Kubota's like, no, no, you can't. You, been, you cannot do that. You have been entrusted with incredible power. Do not use it like this. Yeah. Now, there's one kid left, Shinya, and he says, I really like Mega Pink. And the other three are like, wait, Mega Pink? Why would you like Mega Pink? And he's like, I like kid stuff. I don't know. And the, 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 I like kid stuff. And, and then the other three bully him savagely. Yeah. Well, they do a little. They are, they're certainly not nice to him. And they're like, well, what do you. They're like, well, how do you know Mega Pink is cute? You've never met her. No, he hasn't ever met her. That's definitely true. And Shinya says, no, I have. And. They are like, no, you've, that's definitely not true. And Shinya's upset and runs away. Right. And Kenta jumps in. He's like, guys, d- d- why are you bullying this kid about this? And they're like, dude, we are not trying to be bullies. But he lies all the time. Like, this is just the thing about this kid. Like, he just lies all the time. Right. He is a, constantly makes things up. He is a boy who cried wolf. And then Kent is like, wait, he turns into a wolf man at the full moon? And even the other children are like, no, Kenta, that's not, that's not how it works. So anyway, so we see this kid, Shinya, he's running, he runs home, he's sitting in a park, uh, like a little park outside of his house. A little girl walks up, um, and she's moving, and Shinya's sad, and she's sad, but they're like, oh, well, right. Uh, but the point of this is, and she like drives away to moving again, the point of this is to set up the, the fact that Shinya and his dad are the last people living in this building. Yes. Because the building has been like bought out or whatever, and it's going to be demolished for like a new sports center. Yeah. 
there's like a big sign All like right. future site of new sports center. Um, yeah, like a cop on a bicycle rides by and says like, "Oh, hey Shinya, how you doing? I guess you guys are the only people here anymore. That's sad, but you've still got your dad, so you know you'll be cool." The dude who plays this cop has played. Like, I definitely recognize this guy. Like, he has played a number... Yeah, the actor. He has played a number of roles in Sentai. I feel like he played um, Azukirai from Conquer Ranger, but that might just be because he was wearing the cop uniform. But, like, I definitely recognize this dude. Maybe. Yeah, the face looks familiar. I don't know if it was Azukirai, but... um... Maybe um, he, maybe they anyways, only have the one cop outfit, and like he is the guy that it, fits. it just fits the dude. <laughs> it's his. He brings it from home. So the dad gets home, and he's like, "Hey, I love you, son, but I'm sorry. Like we haven't been able to move. Like I've been super busy with work. I know we should move." Yeah. And we get another quick tag in on Shinya that he's a liar. That and they're like. Because the dad says, how did it go? And he's like, oh, I played Mega Ranger with my friends. They all like Mega Pink just like I do. Well, okay. Shinya is lying here. But, like, it is the saddest lie. Because this is not a lie like, oh, I'm just, like, saying this to, like, you know, make myself look cool. It's like he is lying so that his dad doesn't worry about him and doesn't feel bad about the fact that, like, they are stuck in this apartment alone. Oh, yeah, dude, Shinya, like, I'm sorry, I should say, Shinya's a super sweet kid, I just want to establish, because, like, it does become relevant later, that he does, in fact, lie. Yeah. A lot. Whoever does the casting for this show did a really great job finding Shinya, because, like, you know how people have, like, resting bitch face? Shinya has, like, resting, heartbroken child face. Man. That he does like it tugs on the heartstrings, dude. So, um, it's nighttime, he's asleep, he wakes up, and there's like some construction moving stuff happening in the building, and then like a bunch of lights turn on in various apartments. And he, he yeah, he's looking at his window, and what he sees is a bunch of like moving trucks and people like hauling furniture around, which is weird because nobody lives there. Hope yeah, he wakes up. And uh, we find out it's not just that, like, we haven't seen the mom yet. There is no mom. We don't know why, but she's not there. Right. Dad says, hey, like, I'm super sorry. Uh, I have to work overtime today. Your dinner's already in the fridge. Like, I've got your breakfast set up for you, but you kind of have to eat it on your own because, like, I need to leave. Right. Like, lock the door on your way out. I'll see you tonight. Yeah. Which is like, oh, Shinya is, like, maybe nine years old. Yeah. Um. So he t- oh, but he tells his dad, he's like, hey, I saw some really weird stuff. And his dad's like, no, like, that's impossible. We're the only ones who live here. You must have been dreaming. I got to go to work. Yeah. So Shinya is leaving for school and he hears something in the apartment next door to his. And he's like, wait, is, is Miho back? Miho is the, the little girl who moved away earlier. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He's like, is Miho back? And he goes and he's like, so he, exciting. he peeks in the front window and he sees some people moving around and... Uh, it's like some parents talking to a kid and like, okay, so how do you greet people when you go to school? And they're like practicing human, like what they are doing is practicing human speech because what Shinya sees is that they are not regular people. They are in fact, and I now know what these things are called because it's a, they're all over this episode, the kune kune, the, yes. like the purple putty um. people. I don't know why, but this raises horrifying implications for me. Because 
the Rangers blow through these dudes. Well, I mean, like, they always do, because they're minions, right? Like, mm-hmm. they they take these dudes out by, like, the dozens every episode. And for some reason, when they're, like, when they're just, like, putties, right? Or the, um, what are they from last season? The Wumpers. Mm-hmm. Where they're clearly, like, not intelligent. Like, that, I feel more okay about that. But now that the Kune Kune are revealed to actually be fully sentient (laughs) i like like i know they they kill a sentient monster at the end of every episode but it's like a it's like a big thing as opposed to just like casually murdering (laughs) these cannon fodder kune kune i am choosing to believe that for the most part the kune kune are like sort of blank slates that can be programmed to do whatever so like these ones no that makes me feel you know, made programmed to... with a semblance yeah. of that. Actually, that's a balm to me, Matt. Thank now, you. Now there is one of them. So, anyways, that is definitely sentient, and they do kill at the end of this episode. But he's like the episode monster. Yeah, we're gonna get into this. It's very good. I was gonna say, don't say anything else. Um, I, I, I sort of already feel like you've said too much. Anyways, uh, Shunya obviously is like, oh, this is extremely weird and bad. So he runs. Uh, he runs and he finds his cop friend. And he's like, hey, there's terrifying monsters. And then he sees in the, the... The cop friend looks normal, but when you see him in the mirror, he's not. Yeah. He is also a kune kune, and he turns around, and he gives an evil grin. And then Shinya runs again. The, the evil grin, this so, is an effect that they do throughout the episode, is that, like, the cop is not sitting in a dark room, but they do put a bright light directly, like, under his face... To like to like highlight his features and make him look evil, it's a nice it's a nice touch. It is. It's a good little. It's yeah. So um, we go to Nezere dimension, and Shibaline is like Doctor Hinalar. The plan is working perfectly. We've replaced these people with Kune Kune, and Doctor Hinalar is like, yes, soon we will have taken over, like. This one neighborhood in Tokyo. And like, so like, there's no discussion of like how this is part of a larger plan. <laughs> the, the, like the, the end. The threat in this episode is definitely more sort of atmospheric and existential. It is not like, you know, the world is going to be blown up. It's like these things are infiltrating human society. Rip, but they don't say like this is a good test case for like taking over parliament. <laughs> just like we've got this one apartment building that is scheduled from there, for demolition. Right from there, the world. Um, it's just like it's not their best plan. So they um, we see Shinny again. He runs and he finds his friends and he's like, "Guys, my apartment building is filled with terrifying monsters," and they're like. Well, why don't you tell Mega Pink about it, you liar? And then they run off singing to themselves, Shinya is a liar. And listen, has Shinya lied to them? Yes. But this is the yes. sort of special cruelty that only children can have. Yeah, this is yeah, not, not great, guys. So Kubota calls the Rangers and he's like, guys, we're not really sure. We're getting like a vague Nezere alert, but it's not like pinpointed on any one monster. We can't figure out where it's coming from. Yeah. Could like could you guys go check it out? Yeah. 
So Kenta says, I'll go check it out, but you have to buy me extra special kalbi, which is like a Korean barbecue dish. And Kubota says, I will buy you regular kalbi, like it's better for you anyway. (laughs) The other four are all supposedly supposed to be staying after school to study again, but Miku is like, I will help you with this. That sounds like a lot more fun. Um, Chisato and Kuichiro are like, Miku, you definitely should be studying, like... It's going to be next year before you know it, and we need to have this stuff figured out, college-wise. And Miku just turns to Chisato and says, like, how about this? How about you study extra hard for me, and then I'll have no trouble getting in. And just turns around and walks out. Yeah, which is not how it works, but is a... uh, That's a real power move, Miku. Like, that's that's a strong way to end the conversation. Yeah. So, they're they're walking along, and they're, like, heading over to the area, and we get some pathos I actually feel from Kenta. Because the vibe that I have always gotten from Kenta is that he's just kind of a knucklehead who doesn't like studying and the other ones are very studious. But here what he says is he says, so Miku, like, what's up with you? You haven't been studying. And unlike me, like, you're not a dummy. If you wanted to, you can actually go to college. So I'm wondering, like... This makes me feel like Kent is not just like a knucklehead. He actually is like, oh, man, like I am not good at school and I feel bad about it. And I am concerned about the future and I will cover that up by like bluster. kind of leaning yeah. into that. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, dang, Kenta, like as a teacher, <laughs> maybe just as a person, but particularly as a teacher. Now I have like a lot more feeling for Kenta. And, and Miku, we actually about get this. some some good Miku stuff too, because Miku's like, listen, yeah, like I could, I guess, but the thing is that I don't like studying. Like I'm good at it, but I don't like school, and I don't want to feel like I'm being pressured into going to college just because everybody else is. Like I, I don't know if that's what I want, and that's a big thing to figure out in your life. Yeah, and, like, right now, I'm being a Mega Ranger, and that's very important, and so, like, it's it's cool. So they see Shinya, and just some really great character building. Like, and I love it, and it's like, this is really good writing, and you don't get it in, in all the seasons of Sentai. Like, this is, I know we've been talking about it at length, but, like, this is maybe 20 seconds worth of conversation. And they, like, they just pack a lot of character development into that 20 seconds um it's just really well done anyways so they see shinya shinya's really sad kenta's gonna jog over and miku's like no no no, like let me talk to him so he relays this whole story and miku says well even if nobody else believes you i'll believe you and then they do like a little pinky grab promise and they say Ah, like the pinky grab promise the, the thing the that everyone calls it. The famous pinky grab promise. Well, I, they don't say it's a pinky swear. In every elementary school in this world. Okay, listen. Well, we they also just use the phrase, if I lie, I must swallow a thousand needles. So that bit's unusual in my experience. I mean, sure, you're going to have some local flavor in the pinky swear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pin flavor, apparently. <laughs> So uh, Shinya is stoked about that. Like he's relieved and then he leaves and Kenta shows up and he's like, man, I'd like, listen, I like Shinya, but he does lie. 
and the kids know it and like the, the kids call him a boy who cried wolf yeah and miku reminds him like you don't actually know how that story goes you thought it meant werewolf in the end of that story there is a wolf so like we should probably go check this out right also kenta this is like you know that there's Nazare energy rolling around and you're a ranger like Right, you are out looking for leads. You have found one. Right. So, um, they're kind of investigating. Uh, the evil cop is rolling around. Shinya gets home, and it looks like his apartment is empty. But his dad's at home. And, and, and there are people, he, like, the whole apartment complex is just packed. There are, like, people playing in the playground. Yeah. There are people in, going in and out of the, like, various apartments. Yeah, and uh, Miku's there with Shinya, and Shinya, like, tells this thing to his dad. He's like, no, these people are all monsters, and Shinya's like, the dad's like, don't lie, I've told you so many times, and he pulls him inside. So then Kenta meets back up with Miku, and Kenta says, like, yeah, like, I've been asking around, and everybody just seems normal. Like, I I just don't know if Shinya is, like... I think maybe he's making this up. Yeah. And then Miku's like, well, yeah, his dad came out and, like, you know, told him to stop lying. I don't know. I feel bad. And Kenda has a moment of clarity here. He's like, wait a second. His dad is home? It's the middle of the day. His dad is a businessman. His dad's probably not supposed to be home for, like, five hours. Like, what is going on? And... (laughs) Before they have a t- a chance to, like, really explore that thought or, you know, maybe... Do anything. Do anything. Like, they are just suddenly surrounded by crowds of... They're standing on a, in a stairwell, and now there's just, like, a bunch of people coming down and up the stairs towards them. I know it's a convention of the show, because, like, the children watch the show, and they would like to see themselves in the show. But every once in a while... <laughs> I am reminded that outside the context of Super Sentai, it is just weird how much they know and are, like, pals with, like, children. <laughs> like, like Kenton knows who Shinya is. He knows who his dad is and, like, what his job is. Right. And, like, for, like again, I know it's a convention of the show. Um, It's just... It's, I don't know, it just pops out to me. Like, why do you know these details of Shinya's life, Kenta? Um, uh, anyway, so, so they start getting swarmed by these people. They, like, hop off the side. Because it's like an exterior stairwell. So they hop over the railing to, like, jump down to get away from the people. And as soon as yeah. they land, there are, like, a bunch of other people who have been waiting, like, just behind a railing. And they all stand up at the same time and start running. Yeah, dude, I... Th- I bet it would be so much fun to be an extra in one of these scenes. So they're like running, running, running. They're like, oh, wait a minute. We've left Shinya with his fake dad. Right. Because at this point, like they go into one of the apartments and they realize that these people are Kune Kune. Yes. Like, because some of them have been like transforming. Yeah. So uh, we cut over and the fake dad is strangling. Shinya. It's very it's, and it's upsetting. Says, I'll tell you that. It's very upsetting. Um, probably for Shinya more than anyone else who is now going to require. I'm just going to guess like a lifetime of therapy. Um, and he yells, "Die!" 
and that's very bad. Uh, but then the Rangers save him, so that's cool. Yes. The, and he, Shinya... It is, okay, here is one convenient thing as regards uh, Shinya's lifetime of therapy. While he is attacking Shinya, he turns into a Kune Kune. This is good because when the Mega Rangers bust into his apartment and shoot that Kune Kune in the back of the head and kill him... That would have been very upsetting had he still looked like the dad. Yeah, having your dad turn into a monster that's trying to kill you also I mean, would listen, not be great. There's, this, is, this is not a great day for Shinya. I'm just trying to find uh, a silver lining here. Okay, uh, however, there is a good thing that happens, which is that Mega Pink has come to rescue him. And he's like, oh, Mega Pink! And then Red is standing in the background. He's like, I... Mega Red am also here, and he, like, poses with this Mega Blaster. Shinya does not care. But while Mega Red is not being, you know, is not busy being um, appreciated, he does hear something bagging around in the closet, opens it up, and thankfully, it is Shinya's dad who is tied up in the closet. Which I guess means that he was... He must have been, like, nabbed by the Kunekune on his way, like, to, out of the building to work. Because he had left yeah, that, that morning. Yeah, that would make sense. And I doubt that the Kunekune followed him to work, grabbed him there, brought him home, tied him up, and put him in the uh, closet. That would have been a lot of extra work. Yeah, it's, yeah that, does, that seems like a reasonable supposition, that they just grabbed him on their way from work. So... The we quick jump to the next ray dimension and their Tripoli is like Dr. Hennelar, we've been discovered, like abort plan. And then Hennelar says, No, this is an opportunity to kill the Rangers. It's like well, I mean, yes. Any fight this is, is definitely an opportunity. An opportunity. Right, but like you have the, every time, like the whole series is opportunities for you to kill the Rangers. Like that's like your that's your that's your thing, man. Yeah. It doesn't feel like like, you don't feel like you need an engraved invitation for that. Like, you, you just can go do that. Or you can try, at least. So, uh, the Kunikune run, and the Rangers have henshined, and they're fighting, of course. Um, and they're overwhelmed. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're doing really well. Yeah, because, like, individually, the Kunikune are not really a threat. But when there is just an endless supply of them, and there's only the two Rangers, like, it gets to be a problem. Yeah, there's, like... There's like a thousand of these things. Like we see a, an establishing shot of like a gigantic yeah. crowd. We're, we're going to see that uh, in a minute. Kune Kune. Uh, yep. what, what, oh, sorry. We didn't catch it. What yet. we do find out also. Uh, okay. So like they're fighting the Kune Kune in the woods. The Kune Kune run away uh, because they're all being summoned somewhere. So Mega Red and Mega Pink follow and they see that there's just like this rally I guess there's, like, this one Kune Kune commander, and he looks slightly different. His head is a different color. Um, it's black instead of purple. Yeah, it's a black instead of And he's like, we are the, the Kune Kune army, or the Nezere army, and, like, we are here to, like, destroy everyone, so let's get out there and do it, team. And it's just, as you said, this shot of, like, hundreds, maybe a thousand of these Kune Kune all just, like, shouting and cheering about how they're going to destroy the Mega Rangers. At this point... Yeah. Kenta and Miku turn around and run away. But they are chased, and again, yes. they get into a fight. They're doing well. They're getting overwhelmed. At some point, Miku says, Hey, um, why are you not using your drill saber? That seems like it would be very <laughs> useful right now. 
<laughs> he's like, oh man, uh, I broke it in the fight with Uganda, and I just didn't get another. Like, remember one. last episode, Uganda <laughs> just broke it in half. Um, yeah, so here we are. Uh, anyway, so now, at this point, they have called the other three because they know that yes. like this is a problem and we need help. Yeah, this uh, super, this super putty, this um, I think they call him King Kunekune yeah. or something. Although, that uh, is a term that is used in this episode, yeah. Yeah, I, I, let's just call him that. So King Kunekune um, arrives and he attacks them and uh, they're just definitely... He's, he's also oh, got wait, like special moves. So now is when we sort of realize that King Kunekune is the monster of the week. Like he's not just an additional Kunekune. He has like superpowers and he's shooting fireballs out of his eyes and, and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Uh, which he, he shoots those fireballs at uh, Kenta and Miku. And things are about to go very badly for them. But the other three now finally arrive. They roll up on the Digitank uh, and are able to sort of push back the Kunekune. And oh, and they also have delivered a spare drill saber to Kenta, which is great. <laughs> He's like, oh, awesome. They're like, Dr. Kubota had one for you. So they uh, throw out a new attack, Drill Sniper Custom, and he just blasts him. Which is cool, and... because that means that in the previous episode, when the other four had all put their weapons together to make like one big cannon, I was like, oh, well, it's weird that there's no spot for the, uh, the Drill Saber on there. And that is because the Drill Saber gets its own custom thing. Yeah, and I um, I think we may well see like a, a five-weapon five combo I would as not well. be surprised. So now... Now, this is where things get uh, kind of go off the rails, but in a very positive way. So it turns out this week's giant monster is not just King Kune Kune turning giant. It is King Kune Kune. He says, like, soldiers, gather around me. And they all just kind of start dogpiling him by, like, grabbing his arms and legs, but he's still standing up. And this week's giant monster isn't like King Kune Kune infected with a giant virus. They have just like nanobotted all the Kune Kunes together to make a giant monster. And the thing that it reminds me of the most is, do you remember in Castlevania, I know it's in Symphony of the Night, it might be in a few other Castlevanias as well, there's just a monster that's just like a big ball of like bodies that are all stuck together. And as you can like as you attack it, just like bodies fall off of the orb. It's very gross. It's like a cool, gross Castlevania monster. So um the fight is kind of cool. It's it's not a long fight, unfortunately, but like they try their moves and the moves don't work. Because it's like fighting a like a nanobot swarm, right? Like they yeah. blast it and it just blasts a hole in it, and then the bodies or the kunikune just kind of fill back in. <laughs> and Kenta just says, "Why? Well, just the the obvious answer that suggests itself to me is that I'll just shoot it a whole bunch more times, and then eventually maybe it'll all fall apart and I guess stay apart if it runs out of kunekune to put it back together." Now that is kind of weird to me because we know that the one thing that Kenta is good at, well, I guess I was just assuming he was good at video games. Maybe he's only good at Mega Ranger. You know, didn't we have the same conversation last week? About how it was like tar- like the key to defeating oh, yeah, the monster was, like, was targeting like the the antenna. He's just maybe he's only good at fighting games. Yeah, 
Anyways. So, um... So he's just sort of recklessly just, like, emptying the... I guess not emptying, because it's not like there's not ammunition. He's just shooting a bunch of laser blasts at this thing. And Miku leans over, and she was like, listen, that is a bad idea. Um, there's one right there that looks different that is clearly giving all the answers, or all the orders, rather. He is the one who is where his heart would be if he had a heart. Just shoot that one instead, okay? Yeah. And, like, his face is sitting right there, like, very obviously. Yeah. Kenta has this moment, like, see, I told you, you like, you are smart after all. Miku is like, we don't have time for you to compliment me and say something that I already know. Just shoot the monster, please. Uh, and he does. And then King Kunik, that's it for King Kunikune. Like, there's not a giant version of the giant version, which would have been cool, but weird. Oh, if all of them had grown and turned into, like... I guess if they <laughs> could do that, they would have just done that to begin with and stepped on the planet. Any- anyways. So, we're at, the, uh, we're at the end of the episode, and they're all hanging out and talking. And Kenta's like, thanks, Miku. They're like, you really should go to college. And they're like, you can't count on Kenta for good advice. And even Kenta's like, hey, I know. You don't have to say it. It's, it's, it's a very nice conversation because Miku says, listen, I, yeah, maybe I'll go to college. I'll figure it out. Right now, I really like being a Mega Ranger because never in my life before has anyone really, like, expected anything from me. I've just sort of been kind of, like, drifting through life. I mean, honestly, like, the way that a lot of people are until they hit adulthood. They're just, you know, yeah. you do the things that you have to do and you sort of grow up and you have life. Um, but she's like, no one's ever expected anything from me, and I've never had to really try hard at anything. And this is like a special thing that I'm doing that people need me to do. And it feels good to like do something that has stakes to it. Like I really appreciate that. And it's and that's more important to me than college right now. Um and the other three who weren't part of the conversation until this point were like, you know, like now that we've talked to you about it and we like understand how you feel, like yeah, that's great. Like, listen, we are your friends. We support you. If you want to talk about college stuff later, we will be here for you then as well. But for now, like, you know, we support you. You're your friend. We are your friends. It's a it's a very nice moment for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Shinya, and he is talking to his other friends. And he's like, no, I really did meet Mega Pink. Like, we are pals. And they're like, yeah, dude, for sure. Like, that's obviously not true. Miku, predictably... Like, ducks off, summons her cyber slider, and does just, like, a totally, uh, just, like, a real big entrance, lands, and is like, Shinya, how is my best buddy? You're so cool. And everybody, of course, is blown away. She's like, I can't wait to have a whole day of fun with you. Now, I do hope that that fun includes a little bit of a talk about, like, Shinya clearly you're having a rough time and like i wanted to bail you out and you are a great kid but please do not actually lie to your friends anymore (laughs) i think my favorite part of the end of the episode is that kenta feels so like hurt and betrayed by dr kubota because earlier he was not allowed to transform to henshin to show off for the kids but uh miku is allowed to so he calls dr kubota he ducks off to the side (laughs) And he's just yelling at him. And Dr. Kubota's like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not really, like... 
He's just like refusing to acknowledge the situation. And then he just uses his like the back scratcher that he is using to just like click the computer mouse to hang up on Kenta. It's very good. (laughs) That's great. So. Uh, So Dave, that is the end of the episode, but it is not the end of our episode. Because first we need to determine where King Kunikune lands in the Creature Royale. Dude, man, I feel like pretty good. Yeah, King Kunikune rules. Like, this is a, um... He he doesn't obviously have much of a story, but A, it's a very good episode, and B, he is in charge of this, like, not greatly formed plan, but it is sort of, like, weird and atmospherically creepy, so that's cool. Yeah, and okay, I feel like when we're rating King Kunikune, I am not just rating, like... The one Kune Kune who is in the center, like the central hub of this whole thing. I feel right. like we really need to rate the threat of the episode because it, like, it, it is all literally one thing at the end, and I feel like we should really judge oh, it. Yeah, as such. yeah, 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 for sure. I think so like the like King a, Kune Kune, like the giant version of it, like that is a really cool and unique monster. Like that's not something they've yeah. ever done before, I don't think. And it, yeah, it goes from like creepy pod people to huge lump of monsters acting in unison like or like living nanobots like it's very good yeah you know the truth is matt as i'm as i'm kind of looking at this list because king kune kune is such a weird monster i'm actually kind of struggling to find a a touch point for him, like, there's there's not really another monster like him. Like, I feel like he's definitely top half. Yeah. Well, you know, least. Dave, I'm... Okay, so I'm looking around the halfway point, and... Ab- Which, at this point, is, like, 95. Yeah. A- above the halfway point, at number 89, is Copy Empress. And Copy Empress is not the same, obviously, but she was another monster who was, like, copying and replacing people. And okay. she was also yeah, like no, the, like sense. central to what I thought was a very cool episode of Die Ranger, in the way that this is a very cool episode of Mega Ranger. So that is at least like a starting point, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I gotta be honest. I. Ooh no, Copy Empress is no Copy. I was about to say I like I like King Kunikuni better. Copy Empress is actually a really really cool monster. Well, okay, Copy Empress is cool. But the reason that Copy Empress is cool is because she creates a copy of Kazu. And there being a copy of Kazu that was played by the twin brother of the actor who played Kazu, like, that's what was cool. Copy Empress herself, like, facilitated that. But I don't think that she was as interesting as King Kunikune, especially as King Kunikune, like, develops near the end of this episode. Like, this is a very memorable... I dig that. that. This is a very memorable giant monster fight in a way that, like, I don't... I mean, I don't remember what the giant monster fight for Copy Empress was. That... Okay, that actually is a very good point. This is a very, very memorable giant monster fight. I think, actually, based on that, we could actually go go quite a bit up this list. Because, like, I'm thinking about the Ring Priestesses and uh, K.K. Esu, Max, the King of Speed, and those are also great episodes. But, like... Actually, uh, Dara Dara is another very cool giant monster. Uh, for anybody who does not remember immediately who Dara Dara was, I mean, I do, obviously, off the top of my head. But for our listeners who might not remember immediately, could you uh, explain that one? 
Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Dara Dara is a monster from Kaku Ranger, and he is... Um, he manages to, like, steal Ninja Man's power, and he also actually... And I had forgotten about this part until I looked. Uh, when I was looking at the picture of him. He also is like an amalgamation monster. He like he like how does he do it? Let me see. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, and in three, two, one, same. same. Yeah, uh, Dara Dara is like siphons off ninja magic power and like absorbs the rangers kind of into himself. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, so like he actually is is a pretty pretty rad monster. Um, I would say that King King Kune Kune is not quite at at that level. Um, okay, so below that is Master Mirror. Was is that the mirror monster from um, Die Ranger? I believe so. Yeah. Um, okay. Now that that was a cool one because Master Mirror had like absorbed the uh, the the peacock the immortal peacock Buddha into himself for thousands of years. Yes. Could you come? Um, yes. So I would say just below that is Pachinko Master, and I think I would put King Kune Kune above. Above Pachinko Master, just for yeah. like the cool, I mean, just like for the visual. Yeah, it's really, really good. Okay, I I think that is a good spot for him. Uh, well, there we spot go. Spot number eighty-two. And that, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of the Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at Super Sentai Brothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. Please remember, if you like the show, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you want to rate and review on there or just tell a friend, that would be very lovely of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Mega, mega, mega.